What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. We are back for episode 91. My name's Adam Schubert, and I'm, as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how are you doing? Doing well, man. Can't complain. Been in a real movie TV vibe lately. Like, I've been been really watching a lot of movies. Honestly, more movies than TV shows, if I'm being honest. Like, the only TV shows I've been watching have been either anime or reality TV. Like, I started my Cowboy Bebop rewatch recently. I think that ties into my whole, I'm watching Samurai and Western movies. Yeah, I was thinking about doing, since I've listened, or to, to, since I watched some of the dub anime stuff, I was thinking about going through my hero now that the dub's out. Mm. Just so I could, like, re-go th- through what's going on with that. The manga's um, nuts right now. Shit is going down. <laughs> Shit is, it is crazy. Like, but, it, oof. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I've been watching Jeopardy every day. The teachers' tournament was this week. Nice, nice. And that's been fun. Is it on and Zoom? No, no. This is, I mean, it's taped in February. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think I'm wondering what they're going to do this week. I don't know if they have stuff that was still previously taped or if now they're going to start doing the Zoom stuff. Because, yeah, I saw the Schmodown went to Zoom. Shout yeah, out to, shout out to Ben like, Goddard. Got that done. It's not even on, on Zoom for real, it's on uh, Twitch. Oh, well, no, they don't. I thought they film it on Zoom and then, and then they, put it on Twitch. Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure that's yeah, how yeah. they do it. Yeah, because I did you watch the Ben Goddard match? No, I can't. I don't really know how oh, to get to all that right now. Oh, YouTube, brother. YouTube. It is on. It's oh, on wait. The- you know, then I've seen that one. Yeah, I've seen everything on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, but that's a, that's a deep tangent. Uh, TV I've been watching. I've been watching American Pickers, man. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I went from freaking forged in fire to pawn to pawn stars then i was like damn i'm out of pawn stars then i went to freaking storage wars and i was like shit i need something to fill this vibe in my life storage wars and then i went to american pickers like (laughs) what's the dude's name brandy and who oh brandy and jared (laughs) jared dude and then they got fucking uh mary and then they got the dude that's yup (laughs) yup yeah forget his fucking name and then and there's the collector um, guy that wears gosh, the gloves. There's skeleton gloves. Um, Irie and Irie Jr. or 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 the black guy. I think his name is Irie. I don't. Or, I think or it's Irie. Yeah. It's Ivy. Ivy, Ivy and Ivy yeah. Jr. And then there's one other black guy who's a clown, and him and Mary always telling jokes on the side. It was funny though. American Pickers, like that, that was uh, for a hot minute. My dad's favorite. Oh, I like American Pickers. Shout out to the Picker Squad. They're going to all these old people's houses and negotiating. And then I'm like, man, these old people don't want to let go of their junk. They're low key just hoarders. <laughs> And it's like, y'all could get a lot of money and y'all could live a lot better, but y'all are just living around clutter. Like, I don't get it. I could never. Like, and I know people are like, look at all your statues, but like, nah, bro. These people have rooms filled wall to wall with just just shit. (laughs) Yeah, sheds, outdoor. Like, one dude had just a straight up junkyard in his back with broken down cars. And it's just like, what are you going to do with all that shit, bro? It's so silly. But then, like, the thing is, is they find these stuff and you're like, what the heck? Like, why is this, this dude, if this is touched up or whatever, this is, like, a really cool piece or whatever, like, even if it's art or if it's sometimes with the motorcycle but stuff. They don't have the, but my thing is they don't, they don't have the money to do that. Because, like, not, not judging these people in their lifestyles, but just from the look of most of these people's houses, they don't have the money to fix some of that shit up. Well, I mean, it's not even that they have the money to fix the stuff up. It's just that they have it in general. It's just like, 
Like, where, where are you yeah. hiding this? True. Hiding, you know, and just I don't know put where, this in the back of your shed. I don't see none of that shit anywhere around me. And like, <laughs> where's my grandmother's stuff? Nowhere. Nothing. <laughs> Got rid of it all. Shit, I want to sell that to the American pickers. So some people make like, one dude made ten thousand dollars. Well, no more easy, more than ten thousand. I think he got ten thousand for a car. He made like a hundred thousand in just one trip with the American Pickers, and it's just like, yo. He, he was like, yeah, I'm just about to spend this and buy more stuff, and then maybe they'll buy it in a couple years. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> These people are crazy. Yeah, they live weird lives, man. Straight hoarders, and but you know, whatevs. Yeah, but, uh, I've been watching some of that other reality stuff, like the 90 Day Fiance, I've kind of mm-hmm. dis- fully, fully discovered, because I think that that's the most absurd idea ever. And then um, now this this season, or there's, I didn't put it on Movie on the Rise or anything, but this week they're doing a new season of the reversed 90 Day Fiance, where someone from America is like trying to move to the other country. So I don't know. <laughs> That's lit. That's wild. See, I've never j- dived into 90 Day Fiance fully. That might be my next journey because I went from, you said you watched Cutthroat Kitchen this week before I was on my whole Storage Wars uh, American Pickers bender. I've been, I was watching Cutthroat Kitchen in the new season of Beat Bobby Flay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know, those are always my classic. Go-to. My girlfriend's a big fan of Guy's Grocery Games. Mine so too. That's like almost an everyday thing. Love that show. That show's great. This week we're talking episodes uh, nine through twelve of Avatar, continuing our Avatar rewatch in um in rerun thing. Also, we're watching talking about Uncut Gems this week. Yo, yeah. what a what a movie! Shout out to the Safadi brothers. Finally made it to Netflix so that. It- broader range of audience could see it and see the the new and improved Adam Sandler, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess. We're going to get into it. We're going to get into all of that a little bit later in the show, but Schubert, whenever you're ready, man, I'm ready to jump in there. All right, yeah, we uh, I'm glad to be back to talking with you about movies and shit, man, so let's get back into it. Let's get started. Uh, Mando Season 2 coming in October. I just had to mention it. Right nice. Liddy. So... That's that's good to know. Can't wait to see all that. But one thing I did notice it was the the actor who played the young Boba Fett's birthday recently. And I saw it on Twitter. River. I think that he should come back and do something in the Mandalorian. Ooh, that would be nice. Like, he doesn't necessarily have to be like the same character that he was, like Boba Fett or anything like that. But just to like put him in there as almost like a cameo. No, like, uh, I'd be like. I mean, or at least incorporate them some way. I mean, if Ahmed Best can be the host of the dang Jedi Academy, you know, Legends of the Hidden Temple Star Wars deal, <laughs> then, like, throw this kid a bone. Yeah, you know, true. Or, poor Jake Lloyd already in jail. <laughs> Star Man, Wars look, isn't helping him out enough. I'm hyped for the new season of Mandalorian. Like I said, I've been on this Western, sci- the sci-fi Western, old-school Western samurai kick, and Mandalorian just falls right in line. And- well, I think that's, you know, from what we're hearing, it's going to fall even more in line with that. I think it's going to be even more of a space Western. I'm ready, man. That's uh, I, I need it. I need it. And I know this isn't on the docket, but uh, funny enough, we can talk about it since we're talking about space westerns. Cowboy Bebop, I've been going through my rewatch because the director came out and was like, we're super excited. We stayed really true to the source material, but we it's not a, a 100% beat-for-beat retelling. 
but we honored it. We got Watanabe's blessing, and we are, we expanded on Spike's story. We expanded on Jet's story. I, I think they expanded on Faye's story. So we're going to see 26 episodes, or like maybe not, two, or 12 episodes of an hour apiece. Like every episode's an hour, and, they, and they're trying to get a season two. So like, I want, are, are you going to be okay with us maybe seeing Spike's backstory with Vicious? Like they're going to expand on a lot of stuff. And I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, I mean, I think they're going to take their time in a lot of things. Like, I don't think they're going to try and fit in all what we've seen from Cowboy Bebop into that 12-hour episodes. No, no, no. Yeah, they're, no, they're going to go multiple probably seasons. Probably even be a quarter of it. And then they said they're going to expand on certain villain backstories. Like, uh, if you remember the assassin, uh, the clown assassin who would jump up in, in yeah, it was yeah. in, like, the later episodes. I think his name's, like, Pierre... Uh, hero or whatever his name is and the the harmonica kid i think they're going to expand on him as well so it's just a lot of shit that like after re-watching cowboy bebop i'm still not sold on john cho man i'm really not like and he he swore by him maybe and, and then look if it's if i if it comes out where he's successful I'll, I'll i'll apologize and say i was wrong but to me cowboy bebop is a top five top three anime of all time and i just don't know when there's people like Henry Gold, like Henry Golding should have been Spike Spiegel. I stand by that. If you watch The Gentleman, you Henry Golding should have been Spike Spiegel and that would have been freaking amazing. But I digress. Hopefully Netflix gets it done. And, and like I said, if John Cho kills it, I'll apologize. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they do it nonetheless, especially with Cho. I mean, he's kind of just, we've never really considered him like this like he did star trek but i mean even star trek he wasn't he wasn't like he cool. a little out of place yeah like, like uh, he has to be the coolest dude in the room and i still think the dude who they got to play jet's gonna be cooler than him that black guy's gonna be fine that dude's gonna kill it i even think vicious is gonna fucking the uh what's the dude's name from the boys it's the uh it's translucent that's vicious so i mean like if if some of these other characters end up killing it and outshine that's bad that's bad yeah like because i think i think vicious i think jet and i even i'm willing to bet Faye is gonna outshine him as well because like you're gonna have to convince an audience who grew up on you as harold from harold and kumar because that's the main fan base and you're gonna have to convince them that you are one you are the the coolest dude in space huh harold Nah, dog. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> he's going to have a wig, and I'm going to just be like, <laughs> I'm going to laugh, man. I'm going to laugh. <laughs> oh, man. I just don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And that 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 goes into freaking movies and stuff that's coming in 2021. I don't know about a lot of the movies that are coming next year. Yeah, that tweet that you put out or whatever with the list of the sequels that were coming out, I'm like, and I, t- I sent you that message. I was like, well, I mean, I'd probably take Wonder Woman 1984. 84 over all those, huh? Over all of those movies, bro. Like Spider-Man 3, maybe. It's Spider-Man 3, Venom 2, uh, Matrix 4, the new Fast, Fast and the Furious, Mission Impossible, or the new Fast one. 9, whatever. The new Jurassic World. Um, Which could be good, actually. Yeah. Avatar. <coughs> Avatar 2, and I think Which something could be else. good. Like the only thing that interests me is Spider Man three, and like someone said, the new Mission Impossible because the last one was the other one was Sherlock Holmes. Oh yeah, Sherlock Holmes. Shout out to Jay, and he's right. The last Mission Impossible was great, but I like that because of Henry Cavill. And we always say, how much longer can Tom Cruise do these damn stunts? So 
We're going to see. But 2021, not looking too good for movie sequels, at least. But anyway, speaking of Henry Cavill, he is not going to hang up Superman just yet. Sources confirmed to Variety that the Man of Steel actors and talks to return as Clark Kent in an upcoming DC Comics movie. Uh, assumed to be a cameo. Could be for Aquaman 2, the Batman, or the Suicide Squad. Uh, I don't think it's going to be the Batman. Maybe. I'm thinking it's Aquaman 2. Yeah. I'm, look, man, I'm glad Henry Cavill's coming back. He's a great Superman, but, like, this goes Yo. back to my whole problem with the Scott Snyder, with the, not Scott Snyder, excuse me, with the Zack Snyder cut. Like, what is the future? I'm more interested in this Batman universe that's coming than all of that other shit. All of that, like, no no disrespect to Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Love both of those movies and love those actors as those characters. But it's like, I'm over the Snyderverse, man. Like, I'm ready to see what Matt Reeves got cooking up. I'm ready to see what James Gunn has cooking up, even though James Gunn's using Harley Quinn. I, Margot Robbie st- stuck as Harley Quinn for forever. Like, she's, she's going to make it in a Matt Reeves movie yeah. soon enough. So like that's that's just said and done for. But uh, although all I that other see, stuff, I, can, I, don't know. I could totally see James uh, James Gunn being like, "What could I do with Superman in like a small bit?" That'd be like, yo, that'd be funny, and I I would enjoy that very much. So, and I mean, shit, if they really want to be ballsy, I mean, they could put him in the as a cameo in the Batman. But it's just like, how does that work? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's ballsy. We're just gonna act like. Yeah, all that other shit. It doesn't matter. Just, just we're going forward. I mean, they did it with the Hulk. We accepted it with Edward Norton. Like, well, that's that's kind of my thing with this whole DC transitioning <laughs> thing. Is like, well, I mean, it worked with Hulk, and Hulk is an essential for Avenger. Yeah, like, he is. Let's not get it twisted. Like, Hulk is not a side character. No. So, like, I mean, I think you could do it. Yeah, I mean, look, they all they did was take Hulk. We didn't. We never got Betty Ross again. We never got Betty, his lady. We just got we got Hulk and Thunderbolt Ross, and we just put them in 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 the new movies. And they were like, "All right, cool, fuck it, let's let it rock." Yeah. So I don't know. Well, I think it's interesting that Henry Cavill wants to do another thing as Superman, but I just don't know what the future of all that is. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not here to speculate on that right now. I'm more like I said. I'm excited for. The bat. I'm pushing. I am not pushing the Zack Snyder. No disrespect to Mr. Snyder because he's great, but I'm not pushing that agenda. I'm pushing the Matt Reeves, the Batman agenda. When we got people like Paul Dano saying the script's amazing, we were looking at. I saw that they released the. Uh, Colin Farrell's been saying good things. Yeah, yeah, him. I, I saw uh, they released the concept art of what the Batmobile was based off of. Oh my gosh, if it looks like that, that's absolutely amazing. Like, I'm so, so excited. We even got rumor that they were going to make a Bane movie in the vein of Joker. But because of Matt Reeves's future movies, they had to table him and they're not, they, they like, they cut that completely because Matt Reeves is apparently wants to use Bane in future movies. Hopefully he'll use classic Bane where we get Luchador mask from Santa Prisca, that type of Bane, that'd be lit. That's what I was about to say. I was like, a Bane villain movie. If it would you work. Did that Bane would be that would work. Like that it would, would work be really 100%. interesting. It would work. Like they could literally do it all his time up until he goes to Gotham. Literally, pretty much, yeah. And just end it with him going to Gotham, or like end it with like him getting ended out with him of like doing ended it like him going to Gotham and doing like something, and you can even like end it with the with Batman like coming down, like just the shadow, and just be like, that's it. Yeah, no, a Bane movie would work really well just because of how complex a character that Bane is because he's literally Batman 
if he his circumstances were the absolute worst. And yeah. that, that's who Bane is. Like, he is a, a match for Batman both physically and mentally, which people forget. Check out that Tom King run of what Bane did just recently in, in Batman. That shit's dope. Yeah, but, people got to remember that because, you know, in Harley Quinn, they make him look like a dummy. Yeah, no, they do. They definitely make him look like a dummy. They go through that. They go down those stereotypes of Bane. The uh, the Batman, Joel Schumacher, the George Clooney Bane. That's just like this henchman that's just like, Argh. And they, I think Harley Quinn fused that Bane with Tom Hardy's voice. And they just, that, that's the Bane of Harley Quinn, even though Harley Quinn's pretty great. But next up, we got the new HBO series, Lovecraft Country, released its most recent trailer. This show looks pretty good, man. It looks, it, it looks like it's in the 60s era 50s. of America, or the 50s era of America during the civil rights and all of that. And seeing uh, supernatural horror fantasy elements happen in this world. Looks pretty good. I don't. I don't yeah. know what to expect, but I'm definitely gonna watch. It is co-created by Jordan Peele, and he has and JJ throwing. Oh, and JJ Abrams, but he's throwing his Twilight Zone, Get Out, horror, us yeah. kind of element into this HBO series, and we know that HBO is really firing on all cylinders right now. So I think this guy has the potential of being a a real big time show in August. No, and, and that's going to be something that HBO and HBO Max need. So I'm super excited to see that. Also coming from HBO, Chernobyl director jo- Johan Rennick is set to team up with the show's creator, Craig Mazin, for the upcoming HBO adaptation of the hit PlayStation video game, The Last of Us. This is huge. He helmed five episodes of that series while serving as executive producer. So this collaboration is a huge surprise. Mazin is set to serve as the showrunner of The Last of Us, and he's super excited to do this. Uh, adaptation. Schubert, I'm super excited for this. I think this is going to be huge for HBO because The Last of Us has a big fan base among PlayStation and these two dudes from Craig Mazin and, and Johan Rennick has shown that they know how to make great television with Chernobyl. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing Chernobyl pick up awards even now. Like when I was going through Variety, it said Chernobyl wins this award and I'm like, man, like this series is getting all sorts of accolades. Just so knowing what these guys want to do next is The Last of Us, which is probably one of the most cinematic video games of all time. Yeah, it's up there. This might break the curse of bad video game movies. Oh, I think it should. Like, I definitely think it should. I kind of want... series. I mean, series. Uh, you know, sorry. I yeah, mean, we thought the Witcher, the Witcher, but The, the Witcher, Witcher still has question marks. I mean, I, you didn't like the first season of The Witcher? I loved it. I'm saying for fans of the game, because I didn't oh. play the game. So I like the I like the series. Yeah, true. That's just oh man, they just they have to wait for the next series to see all the uh the next season to see more of the game characters. That's what they're looking for. But no, nah, I think The Witcher was really great. Sonic was really great. It's on an uptrend for video game stuff. Yeah, I never saw Sonic, so it was good. Yeah, no, Sonic was great. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I would I, I would like to see a video game adaptation of either GTA. God of War, like I think God of War would be a great video you, game. Adaptation. You can't do GTA because GTA is too much, just like normal life. True. Like, you can do the story. A, a mode, GTA, though. a GTA, like GTA Vice City or something like that is pretty much a mafia movie. <laughs> Down, I'm ready. Do San Andreas? That shit would be lit. San Andreas is pretty much uh, a hood film. That a hood be, film. That'd be fire. <laughs> That should be lit, but God of War, I think, is my the one that I think is the most the video game move the video game that needs an adaptation the most because God of War is very cinematic. I think HBO could pull it off. Uh, I I think the game that we were talking about off air, Red Dead Redemption. I think that, oh, that we could lit. definitely 
see a pretty cool Western, Western be built out of Red Dead Redemption. That would be fire. I, the only reason why I say God of War is because, especially with HBO, because that would be their Game of Thrones in the sense of God of War, you see him go through the pantheon of the Greek gods, and that could be like two, three seasons. And then the next game, you find him switch dimensions and go to the North mythology like God realm. And each season could be him switching realm between gods. I think that would be flawless and phenomenal. That's why I'm so excited for the new God of War game to see what comes. But this is not a video game podcast this is yeah. a movie podcast so i think hbo should d- definitely check in a god of god of war red dead redemption would be an amazing western I'm trying to think of any other video games that would serve well for a t- hbo tv show netflix um uncharted would be great as a tell as a series but they're doing that damn tom holland movie uncharted would be great yeah. Ooh, you know what amazon netflix or hbo should invest in this if they want a, a superhero property that's not Marvel or DC, they should look into Infamous. The inf- if anybody's played those Infamous games, you know that that story is phenomenal, and that would be an amazing just juxtaposition to all the Marvel, DC superhero stuff that we get. I think Infamous would work really well, but that's all the, the games. The, the other game the that cuff. I know, well, the one that I know that they're actually trying to adapt right now is uh, Bioshock. Oh, that would be fire. Bioshock, Bioshock would definitely be great. Shit, I don't know why they don't do a Halo series. Halo, they, it, they tried that on like Showtime, didn't they? Uh, I don't know what they did. I'm, they did something. But Halo would be great, but I feel like Halo just costs a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people out there were talking about like Skyrim, but I mean, that's pretty much kind of yeah, like that's just Lord of the Rings Game of Thrones. And, and Game of Thrones. Yeah. I think, you know, Matt, Jake Madison said, before was it Jake Madison who made the Mass Effect argument or who? Oh yeah, I think I think I think that was Jake Madison in, in that pitching match. Yeah, no, Mass Effect would be Liddy. Yeah, so I mean that's probably the only other one I could think of. Yeah, it, I I think that Resident Evil could be a good series. It just mm, didn't they, do they, well on like the movie screen. Well, you know why? Because they didn't follow the damn game story. <laughs> they went. I'm, I'm like, they went a whole different direct. They just started doing the Mila Jovovich, just whatever she wanted to do. I went to look at some video games just to jog memory. Of course, we're missing a glaring one, Zelda. Ah, uh, I think Zelda would be served better as like an animated series. Yeah, but I think that you could def- people would be in- interested in that. And then um, another one that's on here that I want to get your opinion about is Mega Man. Ooh, I I would I would just rather a Mega Man anime. That shit would be lit. <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that. Like certain ones, like see, I think I think honestly in terms of those classic games like Mario, Mega Man, Zelda, if you did an animated series of those, maybe give Kirby an animated series and then like do an Avengers style Smash Brothers, like anim- like that would be crazy. That's the type of stuff I would think of. But like in terms of a classic video game to get like a television series or movie, I think Street Fighter's due for one. Street Fighter, Street Fighter, would, be, yeah. Street Fighter would be amazing. Just the story of Ryu and Ken and like, all the undertones of Bison's under uh, organization and all that shit. Like, I'm super excited to see the Mortal Kombat live action movie. I think Street Fighters do for another another shot. I, I was looking at stuff and then I saw this weird thing. I don't. I've never even heard of this, but it's called Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. Oh, and what? it's a it's a retro style game that may be the only basketball combat RPG ever made. What? That's crazy. I'm so just- we might have to look into that after the show. Now you got me just looking in five like top video games that should be going transition into movies. I see a lot of God of War. 
Deus Ex yeah, I mentioned. I meant I talked about Sly Cooper one time. Yeah, you did. I would like a Sly, that. That'd be a great anime series as well. Um, so, I, I got another one. I have one more. Oh, I see your Barkley. Shut up in gym. <laughs> I just saw that. Okay. Um, I think the division. Tom Clancy's the division, and I think that's turned. I think they are making that into a movie. That should work really well. It's basically. Yeah, uh, yeah I think I remember that. Yeah. It's basically just New York City locking down due to a contagion, like due to a big disease, kind of like we're going on. People start looting and rioting. And like this organization, they unlock all these citizens who are military ops, but they live normal lives and they only get activated for when shit really, really hits the fans. So. And another one that I'm thinking of, thinking of the zombie stuff is Left for Dead because mm. they were pretty much movies themselves. True. Okay, um, yeah. but yeah, so like moving into this whole, uh, video game topic, our next news topic also has to do with a video game that could probably be done terribly. Uh, <laughs> Kate Blanchett has officially closed the deal to star and, and director Eli Roth's movie adaptation of the video game Borderlands. Blanchett will portray Lilith, a legendary thief equipped with magical skills. Crazy. See, I, funny enough, I watched an Eli Roth movie. This past weekend, due to watching Inglorious Bastards the weekend before, and you know, Eli Roth is a uh, Donnie Donowitz shout out, that's where I got my name from. But uh, freaking, so I watched Hostel this past weekend. Man, if if Eli Roth does Borderlands like super gory and real westerny, I think it could work, but like that's a tough series to like that. I feel like that's a tough game it's to just- do based upon like it just its style of w- the way it was portrayed on the video game screen with the, like it's weird animation like it's I just like have mad max thinking. meets it's mad max meets fallout with magic powers and i don't think the fallout video game series would work if i'm being honest as a movie yeah. like, fallout's very i feel the same way about Fallout. more you, of a series yeah it's and fallout's very rpgs where there's multiple storylines and it's like are you gonna follow the main story what are you gonna do like i feel the same way about fallout as i do this and Skyrim, but good for Eli Roth, good for Kate Blanchett. We shall see if that works. But that—that's all I really got on that. I'm—I I'm, love how right. we stumbled into this video game topic. Yeah, yeah, it's—it's it's fun to think about. And a lot of people are playing video games right now, that's for sure. Facts. Um, Batwoman. We love to talk bad about Batwoman and all CW properties. Jesus. Um, they have completely lost their character. Uh, what was it, Kate? Kate Kane. Well, who, Kate Kane that they went with. All right. And um, that's the only Batwoman. Well, but I mean, like, don't come at me, DC fans. I understand yeah. that, like, there's other rendi- like it's Kate Kane. Like, chill out. Don't don't even. Come yeah. So Ru- Ruby Rose is out. Kate Kane's out. So instead of trying to replace Kate Kane, they're going to go with a whole new superhero. And the name is Ryan Wilder. That's just uh, some sources, random. Saying it, sources saying it could be played by a woman of color. This is this is I feel like that's that's a grab. I feel like this is the end of the CW. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be like and a poor star girl pop, hopping in right away. But I mean, I haven't even tuned into it because I, no, like, I have no, I have no interest of watching that. And I'm a DC stan, I have no interest in watching Star Girl when I found out it's a CW show. I have yeah, no I was telling, I was telling someone else I know that watches stuff on the DC app, and I'm like, if. I, when I heard Stargirl was coming and going on being on DC Universe, I'm like, okay, I'll watch that. And then when I heard that it was going to be on CW and DC Universe, I'm like, yeah, out, out, out. instant out. Like, I have no desire to watch any of that. And for them to just cut Kate Kane, who has wonderful comic book history, to just give some new 
This is just them CWing it and just giving us some new well, character that they can just write random stories. Who are the villains? They're just gonna have. It's just gonna be a bunch they, of they made should, up shit. They, they should have just done Stephanie. Yeah, Stephanie Brown. That'd have been lit. I'd have like. I mean, look. There's multiple. Like, Stephanie Brown would have like, been honestly the best. They one. Like, I mean, just she's spoiler, but. It, she could have been Batwoman just for the sake and purposes of having someone who's affiliated in like the actual lore. Hold on, I'm about to look up because I think I think that is the bet. I honestly, women in the Bat Family. Let's see, because I'm. I was thinking, could you have? Uh, could you have Katie Cassandra Kane? No, because of all the stuff they have going on with the movies. Yeah, I think Stephanie Brown might be the best choice because you're not going to do Barbara Gordon. You're not... You already tried Kate Kane, who I thought was honestly the best one because she's the most detached from them. I mean, shit. You know what would have been better, honestly? They should have freaking gender-bent John Paul Valley as Azrael and made him like Jean Paul... Va- or Jean Jeanette Valley or some, some shit. Just gender-bent yeah. and made Azrael Batwoman or some shit. But n- now that we're on that topic... Uh, I I knew I'm gonna give her the credit that she's due. I met this girl one time, and she was uh, she was writing a pilot for a Stephanie Brown led series. For, spoiler. Oh yeah, I remember you telling me like, about them. And like, I think that that's a really possible thing that you could do for the niche audience. Like, if you were gonna put that on DC Universe and like you know have her start out as let let the let it begin of her like going away from being Robin and becoming spoiler. And I think that that could have been a really interesting. I mean, I, shit. I, I mean, it would, it would have been more interesting than star girl. Yeah. And it's the I same mean, kind of de- demographic of, uh, look, of the character. They got to, they let Cassandra Kane. I mean, they let Katie Kane uh, talk about in Batwoman talk about Bruce Wayne and everything. You could have definitely did that. And you could have even took the aspect because they're not using him. I see no inclination of DC even touching this character, and you would have got a lot of fans if you would have done spoiler. One of the supporting characters could have been Tim Drake's Tim Drake's Red Robin, because exactly. I see no one using Tim Drake in any of the in any of the shows. Now, maybe Titan season three might prove that wrong, but no one's using Tim Drake, and I think that would have worked really well. CW, it's time for it to end. It was great with Arrow. It was great with Flash. I like Black Lightning. Legends of uh, Black Lightning was good. Yeah, Legends of Legends Tomorrow, of Tomorrow was, was pretty very good entertaining, but. It's time. Like, Arrow ended. It's over. Flashes hasn't had a good season in a while. Yes, Black Lightning is good, but Supergirl has been constantly bad. And Legends of Tomorrow is just... is It's... it's a, well, a lot of the characters left now. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's A lot different. of the OG characters left. So it's just like, I'm, I'm done. I'm over the CW universe, but whatever. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is getting a sequel. Paramount Pictures and Sega Sammy uh, confirmed on Thursday that they have commenced development to the sequel of the live-action comedy. The sequel would reteam filmmakers with Jeff Fowler, director Pat Casey, and Josh Miller writing the script. Hopefully, we get Tails and Knuckles and maybe Amy. Let's expand the Sonic family and get all of them to the dimension of Earth. Like Tails, Knuckles, Amy. I would love all of that. Maybe Shadow. Ooh, Shadow would be lit. Or you can bring, like, there's so many good Sonic characters in that universe. So that, that movie made sense? Yeah. Well? No, okay. it did. Like, I enjoyed it a lot. And then when you have Tails coming in at the post credit scene, it's gotcha. cash money. That's why I'm saying, like, bring Knuckles in. Let's get Shadow in there. Like, we could even do the Sonic Riders where they have the bird that comes. Like, I, there's a full... Sonic universe that I think would work really well. So that would be cool. dope. 
Next up, we got Andy Samberg's romantic comedy Palm Spring is hitting Hulu just in time for the summer. The movie, which premiered at Sundance, was expected to first release to theaters, but it was instead, la instead launched directly on the streaming service on July 10th, uh, along with some drive-ins. Ooh, shout, shout out to the drive-ins. The plot details have been in intentionally vague. Director Max Barbacow described the film as a nihilistic wedding rom-com that's fun, a little bonkers. It follows Sandberg's character as he attends a wedding with his girlfriend in Southern California. The uh, cast also includes Kristen Mila, Mila, Milati. Milati, J.K. Simmons, Meredith Hanger, Ke uh, Camilla Mendez, and Peter Gallagher. We're subverting a lot of tropes you usually see in wedding movies and rom-coms. Uh, Barbara Kyle told uh, Sundance at Variety, totally, it's really nice, charged area between laughter and deep feeling, and then just bonkers stuff. We're trying a lot of things. I'm interested in this just for the fact that the other, like, maybe, let me not say the other day, but like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, during this quarantine, before I got to my Quentin Tarantino binge, I was on a binge of like Judd Apatow stuff because I was thinking to myself, we haven't really had a comedy director take over the scene since Judd Apatow. Like when Judd Apatow released, that was like our teenage growing up seeing rom-coms and, and comedy films like Knocked Up, uh, Super Bad, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Get Him to the Greek, those things. And if Samberg and Barbacow can be this new rom-com duo, I would love to see it. Or this just just comedy duo in general because I don't think we've had good comedy movies in a long time. Yeah, I think that it, they could definitely kind of change the change the game in that. And having this come directly to Hulu is kind of a big deal. Yeah, I wonder if Andy um, Samberg got the bag. Probably did. Probably did. Um, <laughs> like, I that's think what I'm Andy Samberg as like a film lead has always kind of been questionable for me. Uh, a lot of people live and die by a hot rod. I don't. I don't know funny. how I feel about it. <laughs> it was all right. Um, superstar, same thing. Ooh, like I, need people, to, I heard that was good. Pop star, you talking yeah, about? Or pop star, yeah. A lot of people like live and die by pop star, and they'll say that like it's a I great need to movie, watch and some I people are it. like it's nonsense. So I, I don't, I don't know. So Andy Samberg is always kind of a an iffy thing for me. Hopefully, this kind of take you know takes that away for me, and he kind of emerges like Brooklyn Nine Nine is definitely been a boost for his career because I thought it was kind of going in a direction that was going to be like too uh, parody. Like I thought that the whole Lonely Island thing was going to peg him too hard as being like a, a parody actor. Yeah. But I think that he's really doing a good job. So this could be a, a really big role for him. Hopefully, man. I would love to see it. So shout out to Andy Samberg and, and Max uh, Barbacow. Uh, so months after Universal relaunched its Monster Universe with The Invisible Man starring Elizabeth Moss, the studio is pushing ahead for Wolfman, which is being developed as a, as a starring vehicle for Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling doesn't understand how talented he is, man. He doesn't understand no. how talented he is because he keeps doing these shit fucking movies. Ryan, bro, you did The Nice Guys. You did Blade Runner. Those are great movies. I rewatched Nice Guys the other day. Drive. Why are you doing Wolfman? I know La La Land was great for your career, and then you, I, you, uh, now you're about to go to back to space. Like you did the the uh, the other thing with Damien Chazelle. That movie was kind of trash, but whatever. Like Ryan, you are so dope. I if I get you didn't want to be Batman, but you want to be fucking Wolfman. Oh my gosh! 
Ryan, go go get a new agent, bro, because we got to get you some better some better titles. You either need to move to the Leo role or start doing some good blockbusters. But this is a trash blockbuster to do because I know people live by Elizabeth Moss, a visible man, but that's not what Universal promised us. So what is this Wolfman about to be? Some nonsense? I'm just, I'm just, um, I just, I have more respect for Ryan, the, the idea of Ryan Gosling in my head than r- real yeah. life Ryan Gosling does of himself, I feel. Like, that's so, crazy. So the, they have no front runner at the time, at, at this time, but it's the one name that's been thrown out is Corey Finley, who has recently have, has gotten rave reviews for his drama Bad Education with oh, Hugh yeah, Jackman, that was on HBO. Thing. Yeah, with Alice and Janney. It's unknown what the new take on Wolfman will look like, though it's believed to be set in present times and in the vein of Jake Gyllenhaal's Nightcrawler. Oh, that could be pretty good, though. With an obvious supernatural twist. How he's a Wolfman. Look, mm-hmm. man, like I said, I feel like I, like I said, I feel like my idea of Ryan Gosling is he's a star and he doesn't take these star roles, but whatever. I, I you know, this isn't a the, star role to me. This is not. I didn't want to put this on there originally, but I, you know, because it's Ryan Gosling, you have to mention that he's, you know, again getting a trash role. And then yeah. two, I thought that the idea that they might try and do it something similar to Nightcrawler with that's a supernatural cool, twist, I, like that's where I'm like, oh well, maybe this could be interesting because what they did with Invisible Man, and I'll, I haven't seen it, but I'll give the credit to the people who have given it rave reviews, is that it it doesn't seem like it's a gimmicky monster movie. Like, I think a lot of people have kind of said that it's a horror movie and it doesn't really feel like it's supposed to be like in this monster verse. Yeah. Like this is something that obviously feels like it's going to give you a monster verse deal. But if they kind of do it in a, in the right way, Take it maybe serious. it'll be good. Yeah. So hopefully. like we, it, it could be something that's really shocking. Gosh, Ryan, get you a better Asian, bro. Like this should not be like this should be a Shia LaBeouf role. This should not be a Ryan. I think it would be a good role for Shia LaBeouf. Exactly. Look at look out here. That's what I'm saying. Like that would be good for Shia LaBeouf, but not fucking Ryan Gosling. Like just go back and watch Drive or go back and watch The Nice Guys and tell me if you think this guy should be in fucking this. That guy's too good of an actor. He's too good. Get you a better agent, Ryan. Jesus. Uh, so the last story is MGM is developing a Fiddler on the Roof movie with Hamilton director Thomas Kale, who will direct and produce. Nice. Uh, and uh, the original Fiddler on the Roof opened on Broadway in 1964 and won nine Tony Awards, including Best Musical. And Norman Jewison, Jewison directed the 1971 film, which was nominated for eight Oscars and won three. Cool. So it's a property that people are into. I'm I'm ready to watch Hamilton when it comes on Disney Plus. So yeah, I mean the one thing I'll say about Fiddler on the Roof and them adapting it to a, a movie is that we're seeing this kind of like uh, I would I, I guess old play renaissance with moving old plays to the film or redoing them from the like their past glory. Like Should we're seeing what you know, West Side Stories coming. The lame is uh, Cats failed, but yeah, that's Cats an exa- failed. another Dang. example. Uh, so, but you know, West Side Story is supposed to be good. We saw Les Mis work. Yeah, um, Les Mis works really well. <laughs> Shit. So, I think there's a possibility for this. I don't really remember much of the story of Fiddler on the Roof, but I mean, I, I, I if the trailer is killer, I'll go see it. I'll be more excited once I see what Hamilton's director does with uh, Hamilton. I'm excited. Like I said, I'm more excited for Hamilton. So cool. This is this is dope. Good for the musical community but let's get into movie on the rise where we suggest new stuff that's coming out this week that you should check out schubert what you got 
Uh, I have two things. First, Artemis Fowl that we've heard about for a while, and we talked about, I think, even on the early episodes of the show, it's finally going to be available to be seen on Disney Plus this week okay, on cool. Friday. So I, lo- I love the book, so I'm going to check last, it out. It was supposed to come out last December. Yeah, it's a movie in theaters. Yeah. So, so we shall see. Know. Hopefully it's good, because like I said, uh, I like Brana, the book. I think, directed it. It should work. Promising. Like, Artemis, okay. Artemis Fowl is a great... Uh, a great book franchise and it should work as one of those Hunger Games, Harry Potter like movies. Hopefully Disney did it right, but I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Based on Disney Plus, but we shall see. Um, and the second one is this uh, adult animated stop motion comedy on Hulu that's coming out this Friday called Crossing Swords, starring Nicholas Holt, Luke Evans, and Seth Green. What a powerful cast to get Luke Evans and Nicholas Holt. Go Seth Green. Yeah. So that I think that's a pretty interesting one that I saw. And it's kind of been flying under the radar. If you even look it up on IMDb, they don't even give you the full cast list. You got to look it up on Google. Hell so yeah, they've been they've been hiding this for a little while. So let's see what it's all about on Friday. This Friday, cool. Also coming out this Friday on Netflix, we got the new Spike Lee movie, The Five Bloods, uh, with the guys going in, the old Vietnam vets going in back to Vietnam to find the treasure. Definitely gonna check that out. Speaking of finding treasure, the pirate adventure anime called One Piece, the phenomenon that has sold. Shubert, let me tell you the stat about One Piece. I don't think me and you have ever talked about it. You don't understand how crazy this is. One Piece passed up Spider-Man for the third most set, sold amount of manga issues or comic issues, and it's number three, and it's coming up to Batman and Superman. Isn't that nuts for the fact that Batman and Superman have been around since the 40s, and they've had different authors, they've had multiple multiple different, like, relaunches and, every, and iterations, mm-hmm. where One Piece has been this one continuous story since 1997, and it's already passed up Spider-Man, and it's about to pass up fucking Batman and Superman. That's nuts. That is pretty nuts, man. That's nuts. I can't, like, I can't believe that. That's cra- I, like Spider Man. That's crazy. I remember One Piece being big on Toonami and all that, but it wasn't anything that I caught on to when I was watching anime back then. No, me so I came into late night. Be available. And um, honestly, I'm glad I waited so long because, and this is no disrespect to Naruto because Naruto has a lot of deep themes in it, but Naruto appealed more to me as a 15, 14 year old boy. Whereas One Piece, the deep philosophical themes in it appeal to me as a 25 year old man. It's just so good the, with the level of storytelling that Oda, shout out to Inchiro, Inchiro Oda, the god, the goat. He is one of the best mangaka in this. This anime is something everybody should check out. I think it's going to be dubbed and sub Friday. So be sure to check that out. It's going to be on Netflix and also on Netflix right now. I'm just a sucker because my girlfriend got me into this damn series. But 13 Reasons Why, I got to see what happens to Clay. It's the final I watched season. that first season and it was pretty wild, but I just couldn't get myself around. Because it, the one thing about that first season was that it's such a gut punch at times. It's a it's gut like, punch can, in the second like, season, too. Well, that's why I'm saying, like, I it was such a, like a, a roller coaster of the first season that I was just like, this is just too much at times. Like, Bro, I can't do this. I told my like, girlfriend it, this today. It's that... To me, that's it's kind of fake because that was not how high school was for me, at least. Exactly. <laughs> like, we were not trying to just kill each other and do all this crazy shit. It was just about hooping and trying to trying to get a girlfriend. That's all these, it was. These kids scheming, like, yeah. super hard. Like, where did... Is, is this, like, some like, East it's not Coast that serious. private school shit? Like, I don't... And I went to a private school, but, like, bro, that was not, like... Shit was not like that, so I don't, I don't know. But, you know, 13 Reasons Why. Like I said, I got to figure out what happens to Clay in the end. So 
I'm I'm hooked. Yeah. But are we doing Uncut Gems first or Avatar? Because we can run through well, Avatar. These I was going to ask you what you were watching. We kind of talked about it earlier, but I wanted to mention about that. I watched the Bruce Lee doc before we did this. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you know, true, true. And it's, we've talked a lot about the, the Jordan doc, and I didn't get a chance to watch the Lance Armstrong doc, but I did watch this one. And it the one thing I didn't like about it was that the d- documentary style that they do is that – when you when another person talks, they put their name on the bottom, but it's you never see the interview's face. You never see oh. the face to face interview. It's just pictures. So like sometimes you get a little bit lost in track and like what 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 they're talking about, who's talking about what, or and like who's associated in like this section of the story. But it is pretty cool to kind of get the the story behind Bruce Lee, and it really kind of made me want to go check out some of his old work, like the Green Hornet series that he did. Yeah, um, true. so that's an uh, interesting but, style. But the one thing I'll say that I think it's an important watch is especially like during the time that we're in right now, it really brings up an important aspect of the racial dynamics in our country o- over that period of time. Um, one quote that I thought was pretty big on what you might hear during that section of the doc is why can't African Americans be like Asian Americans? That was a topic that they play that they talk played on in the documentary of the kind of the racial happenings that were going on with Asian community and how they were portrayed in media and how they were portrayed amongst other races in the country and how that played into Bruce Lee's life and coming up and being in the industry. And I thought that it was pretty telling for people who are trying to get more insights and learn more in this period of conversation. Hell yeah, word. Well, I'm going to definitely peep game. Uh, let me tell you some of the movies I've been watching. So I watched The Lincoln Lawyer with uh, Matthew McConaughey. Super, super. Uh, he plays a lawyer, Mick uh, Holler, and he's trying to get, he's trying to, he's a defense attorney, and basically he gets this case, and it's the perils of the case. I'm not going to say anymore because it's a thriller suspense. Really like The Lincoln Lawyer a lot. I watched The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Uh, that's with Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne. Really, really enjoyed that. It's black and white, so if you're not used to watching stuff in black and white, it's a little jarring at first, but, you know. Also watched A Few Dollars More and A Fistful of Dollars. That's the that's part of the Sergio, the Sergio Leone uh, Spaghetti Western kind of trilogy of The Man With No Name, the Clint Eastwood. It's not really a trilogy, but it, it's, it is. My favorite one of those is kind of A Few Dollars More. I think The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly is really good. I would put that second in if I'm rating the trilogy, and then I have A Fistful of Dollars third. Um, I also watched... Um, anything else did, I want to... Did you ever watch that see. Western that I've suggested to you, Michael Fassbender? Uh, oh, yeah, I think I I almost watched that the other night, but I fell asleep. Okay. That, yeah, I saw I was, it. It's on, it's on Amazon right now. So, so I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, There was one other thing that I wanted to mention that I watched that I thought was really, really good. Oh, I watched Heat, uh, the, the Michael Mann, uh, Al Pacino versus Robert De Niro. Al Pacino's a cop. Robert De Niro's a bank robber and it's uh, Val Kilmer's in it. I really liked Heat a lot. It was, cool. it's, it, I, I understand why a lot of bank robbery movies don't happen nowadays is because they all always copy Heat and Heat kind of set the blueprint for it. So that movie was really dope. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. Oh, I watched The Big Lebowski too. <laughs> mm. Shit was, I, I like The Big Lebowski. Shit was funny. Now, you know, moving into our Uncut Gems conversation, I thought uh, John, uh, you know, John Turtletow, however we say his name, Turtletob. Uh, John Turturro? Turturro, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
John Turturro. I thought I thought John Turturro could have played Adam Sandler's role in that. Jones. Oh shit! Yeah, he probably could have. He probably could have. Is Adam Sandler really Jewish in real yeah. life? Okay, mm-hmm. well I think that's why because John Turturro's not Jewish. I think mm-hmm. that's that's the only thing. But I agree with you. I think John Turturro definitely could have did Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems. Man, okay, the Safadi brothers. Man, I and look. So, uh, when now that Uncut Gems is on Netflix, some people are like uh, they didn't like it. Some people are saying they still like it. I think, in my opinion, the Safadi brothers are two for. And I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, but they are two for two in my opinion with Good Times and uh, uh, Good Times with Robert Pattinson, and now Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. I'm gonna watch a Safadi brother movie whenever it comes out now because they make thrillers like Good Time. They they. And one of my friends said they didn't like it because they felt they were on the edge of their seat the whole time. But for me, I am a thriller stand. And the fact of just seeing, we saw Robert Pattinson literally drive him, take a car and drive it into a wall. Well, Adam yes. Sandler drives the car into the wall, magically breaks through that wall, and then drives it to an ocean, drowns. He gets out before he drowns, but then a shark comes and eats him right at the end of it. That like we're watching his self-destruction. They make great self-destruction movies. And I think it was very true to New York culture because I we see if you know anything about rap music in the jewelry industry, you see a lot of real life uh people like the guy who quit early in the movie, who was talking yeah. about like he got punched, like he's a famous jeweler in New York right now. Uh, the guy who sold him the Michael Jackson on a cross, famous jeweler right now. I think Kevin Garnett gave the best performance of an NBA player in a movie ever. <laughs> like, ever. Like, Kevin Garnett balled in this movie. He was amazing. Way better than Ray Allen's Jesus Shuttleworth. Anything Shaq's done. Kyrie. Well, he, got, he played himself, which was helpful. It, it helped, but, like, Ray Allen kind of played himself. Kinda is Jesus. Yeah. He was Ray Allen was trash, but uh, Lakeith Stanfield did a great job. Man, I felt so bad for Adam Sandler, but you can't though because he's cheating on his wife with this young thotty. But then when you go to the it's weekend concert, fine. you should have known if my girl looks that good and I'm this old ass man. And I granted you don't know who the weekend is, but if she had the weekend concert sitting right behind the stage, oh, you know, it's going down after. Abel is piping that up. Like, if you listen to anybody who's a fan of The Weeknd, you knew it was going down. That shit was absolutely hilarious. I'm trying to think of other good scenes in the because the, the weekend. But I mean, you know, the whole the whole weekend stuff was cool. Yeah, and yeah. Kevin Garnett. You know, the one thing that really got to me is like it does get a little bit frustrating as you're watching it through. And you mentioned this before, and like that's why I don't think it's like the greatest movie I've ever seen. No, no, it's just good. It's solid. But it's like it's got good acting in it, and the, it, it's got a really good ending. And like yeah. that's that's really something you need in like a, a quality movie. Like I could I could get behind watching that movie to get to the ending. The ending, all everything kind of culminates, goes in. You finally uh, have your big suspense moments. I was really at the edge of my seat for it, and like him putting in his bets and like feeling the emotions along with him, like for the opening tip off, like the thing where he was like. The, he bet that they would win the opening tip off. I'm just like sitting here with my hands, uh, with my eyes, you know, covering my eyes with my hands, being like, "Oh my gosh, dude! I hope Kevin Garnett gets this freaking tip." Right? Yeah, like, no, it was just a lot. And uh, that that scene, it just felt to me like he, all you know, this dude is so enthralled in this that he can he doesn't care about gambling. He just wants to share this with someone. He he literally just wants to share this with them to show. 
hey, I'm right. Like, I can do this. Like, I'm not an idiot. But th- that scene was crazy. We'll talk about the ending in a little bit. I thought the scene, there's, there's two scenes I want to touch on. The scene where he is at his child's play and all of a sudden he turns around and sees him. The horror that I felt. And then he goes outside, they take him in the car, they start beating his ass and get his ass butt ass naked and put him in the trunk. And just the shame he must have felt when he had to call his wife and his wife was just like, I fucking hate you. Like I hated him too at that point. Like Adam Sandler doing the most. And then another scene, this scene was crazy because like I didn't see this coming at all. When they're in, when they're doing the Passover, and you find out that Arno is his his brother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. like, oh shit, Arno, why did you go get these thugs? But he had to because Adam Sandler keeps pushing and pushing and pushing until he has no other choice. And we see that his uh the grandfather, I guess, of his wife, or I don't I don't know who that the the, the I, patriarch I it was of that his, family. His wife's dad. Yeah, his wife, whoever the, the patriarch of that family is. I I'm, I'm assuming that's his wife's dad. When you see them go to the auction. He, he then reels in uh, his wife's dad is just like, bro, Adam Sandler's just a parasite. This is this is another yeah. parasite like movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just annoying like that. Like he just does these things and you're like, oh, my gosh, dude. And like I knew it was going to go bad. Yeah. Man, <laughs> and I'm just like, Kevin Garnett was going to do it. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> he has no money to pay you. He, don't, he can't even pay Arno right now. And then but what made me so mad was. He would not accept, like, he kept getting chances. The fact is he could have sold that rock multiple, multiple times, but it's not about making the money. It's about the thrill of the chase for him. And it was constant. Well, it's like he was always trying to go for the biggest fish. It was like, it was like if he was fishing and he caught a fish and then he'd be like, no, I know that there's a bigger fish, so I'm not going to take this fish. Oh, but I fell for him. Another thing, I fell for him the whole time Lakeith Stanfield was keeping that rock away with, with Kevin Garnett, because I understand that. It's like, Lakeith's not a big fan. He's not a real friend to Kevin Garnett. They're, they, they're cool, but, like, he can't just be like, yo, give me that rock back. Like, it's like, and, but then if you're Adam Sandler, you know damn well if that rock means that much to you. I'm not giving it to Kevin Garnett, who I don't know for me to never see that again. What's wrong with him? That's stupid. Yeah. I thought that was stupid to begin with. And then, like, I, I knew it was going to be difficult with the Keith Stanfield. But who I think I actually did, like, if I was saying who did the second best job, it would probably be... The Keith? Probably, uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd say the chick that was his... Uh, she did a good job. Side piece? Yeah, she, she did. She did a really good job, especially at the end. Yeah, she did. Also, and, and I knew she was going to just rock rock out with that old man at the end. I was like, oh, it's over for it's over for that. She got that money. She don't have to go back to you. Even if even if the ending of this movie didn't happen, she was leaving him no matter what. Because that old dude was, oh, I, I believe it, bro. I believe she she had that money in her hand because she didn't count it. I feel if she would have counted it, she would have been like, well, fuck it. I'm going with this old nigga and I'm good. Like, I was, She didn't even go with the old guy. Oh, she didn't? I thought she went with no, him. No, she closed the door on him. And was like, nah. Oh, <laughs> I thought she like she got in the car with him. Mm-mm. She didn't get in the she car with him. She didn't have nothing to do with that boy. You he sure? was weird. Yeah. Oh, real. Well, never mind. Shout out to you then. I'm sorry for for calling you. She, a, a she bad took her person. money and left. Real. Well, good thing for her because now she gets to keep that money. Or do you think the gangsters are gonna go get her? I'm. No, I mean, like, I, that was what I thought was, like, the really boss part of the end. I was, because I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, how are you going to go get this money? Like, you have to, you have to put, you have to put your, like, bed back in, and they're all here waiting on you. And when the guy went and grabbed the money, I was like, 
fucking genius. Oh yeah, and no, so she was smart. Yeah, and she so he goes and brings it to her, and then he's like, "Yeah, let's go get a drink, honey." And she's like, "Ah, uh, no." Like, yeah, slams she it. did say, "Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right." Do slams you think, the door, and I'm like, do you "That think was those a boss Italian move. gangsters go get him, or or oh, I don't." I know think she gets Italian. away. I think she gets away. I think she like you know tries to calm or whatever, and obviously he's not going to pick up because he's dead. But like, uh, and she's just going to get away. Also, really liked. Uh, uh, Adam Sandler's wife, you just saw the pain in, in the, you, when you see his family, you just see the pain in all their faces. And then the son that loved Adam Sandler and wanted to be like him, when he goes inside and the dude tells him like his mom had, he had that side piece in there. And then he was like, what you and mom doing? And then like he, he you see it in his face at that moment, he realizes his dad's a real scumball. He stops believing the, myst- the, the, the mystique of his father. And it was just like, yo, that is painful. Like, this movie was just painful. But I think the painfulness led to such a good movie. And then I think it culminates, like you said, with the ending of just, that dude got so sick. If my girlfriend even said it, she was like, Arno hot box and cigarettes, like that's just that's just rude. Like, why are they just smoking cigarettes in this chamber that can't be moved? My girlfriend was like, if I was that dude, I'd have been pissed at Adam Sandler. So I don't give a fuck that you won. Bow shot his ass. I was like, oh shit. And then he shot Arno. Yeah, Arno got shot too. Arno should have never messed with them gangsters, though. Arno wasn't cut from that cloth. <laughs> and, and that's what that showed. Like, Arno ass should have just. But, I mean, how else does Arno get his money from Adam Sandler, though? How else? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> done. Crazy. Done. This movie was good, though. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, it was a good movie. Good acting. Like, what I also love the, whole... the, the, the Celtics betting part of it. Like, oh, yeah, like yeah. seeing the real-life basketball and all that. Like, that shit was dope. Well, and I was thinking about it the whole time, like, when he was having a conversation with Kevin Garnett, and he's like, or he was saying to somebody, like, the Sixers don't even belong there. And I was like, you're right. They didn't belong there. <laughs> And then I think it's funny that this was the season that they lose. Kevin Garnett doesn't have, he doesn't have the rock anymore, and he lost the power. Oh, yeah. They lose oh, yeah, that's the, that's the year the Heat win. 2010? That's 2012. 2012. That's, that was 2012? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that is the year the Heat win. True, 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 true. It's true. also the rise of the weekend, and, you know. Yeah, That true. was when we were in college. Yep, true. Or oh, That was the year we graduated high school. And went to college. Fresh, yeah, went to college. Yeah, no, 100%. Crazy. Good times. Love this movie, though. This was, that was fire. Yeah. Which so, movie you rated 1 through 10? 1 through 10. Um, IMDb gives it a 7.5. I like that. I give it higher than a 7 point. I give it an 8. Like, it's a solid 8 for me. Like, I, I like think, the movie I think a it's lot. in that range. 7.5 is not a bad... I understand why you someone would give it 7.5, especially if they don't like them, like... I, I get it. There's parts of the movie that you like. It's it's really it long at times. Yeah, yeah, it does drag at times. And I think because I'm like me and you are big sports fans and understand sports betting, it kind of hit us differently. Whereas my girlfriend only liked the times where he was just fucking up, like and like what and, and she thought some parts dragged. So I I, I get giving it a seven point five, but for me, eight eight point one. Really really enjoyed it. All right, well, let's get to let's get to Avatar. We got episodes nine. 10, 9 through 12. 11 and 12. So the first, I think the most... Uh, the number first one, one is the waterbending scroll. Yeah, this is where we see uh, just Katara, man. Stop being so spiteful, mad that Aang is a natural bender, girl. What's wrong with you? Yeah, she, he knows she was hating. Yeah, she was hating. She was hating him. real hard. Big time. I think and as, the, it caused some problems. I think these are the maturing episodes for Katara because she becomes stronger after this, but like... I forgot how just first season she was just 
kind of a kind of a, a lame. I don't want to say the B word, but like well, she, she, she was. it was before she got her training, so she wasn't very confident in herself. So like when Aang started like doing all this stuff, and she was just like, you know. yeah, and like she had kind of seen them as equals at that point. And she was True. finally starting to realize that she wasn't at that level. No, yeah, he's an avatar, girl. You tripping? But and when they, we get introduced to the pirates, yeah, because they do make a they can make a comeback. So shout out to the solid episode. The next episode we meet Jet for the first time. This one has my first. Are you sure? Are we sure? Because are we sure that Aang would have really lost to Jet? Like with just with those swords, those little those little ring swords, like. The air bending, uh, Aang couldn't have just pushed him away. Like, are we sure? Aang should have definitely won that easily, but whatever. This is the episode where Jet. This like, is early this, Aang. This is the Maybe Robin Hood of, of Avatar where he's trying to protect his village, but in turn, kill the Fire Nation. And he tried to sack this town, but Sokka saved everything. Another episode where we see Katara not listening to your brother, going to this dude you just met. Wild. She was in love. She was clowning, bro. Katara, like, like I said, Katara does not become the Katara I like until book two. Like, book one Katara is just weak. Would you say that this is your favorite episode of the four? Um, because you mentioned Jet a lot. I'm just a Jet fan because because Jet and them represent like an evil version of Robin Hood. I think mm. my favorite one was. Funny enough, I like the Great Divide. Oh, get out of here. I, I, let me tell you why. It's because we see Aang. This is this is something that lays the foundation for something that happens at the end of the show with Aang deciding not to fight Fire Lord Ozai and instead use uh, take his bending away. We're seeing Aang learn to do conflict resolution. We're seeing Aang uh, put his pacifist nature into motion because if he can't do that, he'll never be able to be the avatar we know he is because everybody wants him to use violence, but that goes against his being. And he's like, I can stick true to myself and still make change. And this is like the found, we see the foundation being made. I think I either go great divide or the next one. Yeah. Uh, the storm is probably my favorite one. We'll talk about that in a second. I just wanted to say that because jet is another Filoni directed episode. Ah, uh, makes sense. Makes sense. Filoni. And I love how just, we see Lil John in the, like it jet, like this is 100% Robin hood jets, Robin hood. We got Lil John. We see the different people in it. So super dope, dope episode. I love that jet had those freaking hook grabber swords, even though he shouldn't have whooped Aang's ass. And then Sokka's little boomerang. Sokka guy, I forgot how weak Sokka is. Book one, book one Sokka. We gotta get Sokka a weapon until he meets his sword master, which is not yeah, book, book three. three. <laughs> Jesus, we got some time with just Sokka and that boomerang just throwing that shit. But it comes clutch sometimes. Sometimes. But you, you didn't like the Great Divide? You thought that was filler? The Great Divide was filler, man. If anything, <laughs> it taught Aang about conflict resolution and that avatars, things that the avatar do mean a lot. Yeah. Because like, so, uh, yeah, I didn't like that episode at all. Damn, no, um, I fucked with it. And then we got the storm. This is like the beginning of the part one and part two of Storm and Blue Spirit, but we'll talk about Blue Spirit next time. This is the backstory of Zuko and Aang. Yeah, this is a really good one because it kind of starts the redemption of Zuko arc because we finally see him as a character that we can sympathize with. Yep. With with his story about how he lost his honor to with his father. How how um, Todoroki Shoto basically gets inspiration from Zuko. Yeah. yeah. Because Endeavor and, burns his face and Zuko gets his face like 
similar similar things in the Horikoshi and the Avatar fan. But yeah, we see that. We see that beginning. We see the beginnings uh, of Aang the parallels the- of how Zuko and Aang's lives are tethered and how sure. the friendship comes kind of similar to Fire Lord instead of how Avatar Roku and Fire Lord, I believe it's Tozen, how they were friends at first they're and then became yeah. enemies, whereas Aang and, Aang and Zuko are mirror them and they, they're enemies at first and become friends at the end. And this is the start of that. For sure. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Aang really kind of coming to grips with who he is. It was really important. And then Zuko, us getting to terms with who he is. And honestly, rewatching this, I like Zuko's backstory more than Aang's because, like, I get Aang wanted to be a kid, but, like, bro, you disappear. Like, you can't do that, Aang. Like, you can't do what you did. Aang was wrong. No, Aang was wrong. Zuko just wanted justice. That's all. Well, Zuko was always in the right from the from the jump. Like he challenged that general because like what the that general was, was doing was bad. Yeah, facts. And it, he wouldn't fight his father because like he didn't want to fight family, and his father and, was you know a dick. And that's the only reason why Zuko's a dick right now is because everybody beat down on him. And exactly. Iroh, and Iro saw that goodness in him. He's trying to keep it. And we yeah. see. And honestly, this was a good episode for the building of Iro and uh. And Zuko, because he listens to him, the crew starts to respect him. It's just, it just shows a lot. A lot of these episodes are building blocks for stuff that are going to come later down the line. Yeah, I mean, I've already gone through my full rewatch of this the series, and I mean, I think going through it, I'm more of a fan of Zuko and than any of the other characters. I'm a big fan of Zuko right now. Where when we when I watched it when, when I was younger, it's like I was an Aang fan, but like nah man, Zuko Zuko's story is, is probably the most compelling in the show. For sure. For sure. But, but yeah, that man. that wraps things up with the Avatar stuff. The next four episodes are the Blue Spirit. Solid um, big Zuko episode. Which is a great one. Uh the fortune teller, Bato of the Water Tribe and the Deserter. Uh, I've watched. I'm gonna. I think I gotta watch two of those because I'm going. I watch them the week that we do it and take notes. I'm going slow, so. Yeah, the two two really good ones here are the Blue Spirit, which we'll talk about in detail. And the Deserter is Zane's first bit into firebending. We'll talk about that. Mm, okay, cool. I'm so. I'm I'm hyped. But yeah, man, solid episode this week. Yeah, it's definitely kind of a weird time with the movie news and all that. Yeah, because nobody's filming or doing anything for real, and it's hard to like be like, "Yeah, let's do this new movie." But when are we going to film it? So. True. Well, I mean, shit. The Batman, and it said that the Batman in another movie could go film in England again because they lifted the COVID restrictions. So that's starting. But yeah, man, I, I think next week we'll pick a movie and we'll re- we'll review it. Maybe the Five Bloods, or we'll pick like a we could do a a, a new movie and an old movie and review it, and then yeah, because pretty soon I want us to rank Pixar. I was thinking about that the other day. Rank Pixar. Rank the Pixar movies. Oof. That, that's I don't even hard. think I've seen all the Pixar movies. That's what I'm saying. So, like, we could like, watch I don't it. think I've seen Inside Out. You haven't seen Inside Out? Oh, you got to watch. That movie's great. We we could watch. I, I'd watch that this week and review it. That movie's amazing. Inside Out is super good. Well, we'll pick something, but I digress. Right. But, yeah, man, that's all we got this week. Yeah, it's, uh, it's everything with this show. What's going on with the network? A uh, new episode of Anime Talk will be out Thursday. A new episode of the Bruce Who Think podcast will be out Thursday. Look, we understand that we didn't do an episode last week. It's because of, it's no secret. It's because of everything that went on in the world. And me, Schubert, Charles, 
Brooklyn, Doom, Julian, and Justin all sat down and gave our thoughts on everything going on in the world. That is Bro- Bros Who Think Podcast episode four, 148. Be sure to check that out for all our thoughts. And it, it's just what's going on in the road, world, how we can fix it, us acknowledging certain things. But yeah, that that's BWT episode 148. The new 149 will be out Thursday. The new episode of Anime Talk will be out Thursday. And other than that, you can follow me at LynnBWT. Follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, make sure you go and check back on that episode of the Bros Who Think last week. A lot of stuff happens on even the day to day, so it's not completely up to date uh, because you know, there's so many ever changing things that are happening. But it's pretty up to date. It's pretty up to date. Um, even so, predicted so, some things. Yeah, like the Drew Brees so, apology. Yeah, but we didn't predict that there was going to be a whole deal with the president. That was. Yeah, that's that was wild. <laughs> so, so anyway, that's everything for this episode of the Bros Who Binge, episode ninety-one. Uh, nine more to a hundred, London, crazy. Ooh, we got to figure out something to do for the hundo. Yeah, it's gonna be, him, I guess, in August. Top ten list. We got to give them something. Also, Pitch uh, is about to come back, so we we just had a weird like Pitch was supposed to come back probably like well, honestly last week, but shit happened and like. Weird. I mean, th- that's the weird thing about like this whole COVID stuff too. Was we had a lot of stuff happening before it, it hit. Like we were supposed to go to that convention that weekend. Yeah, yeah, like, we had like, live shows. Like, yeah, no, we had a shit we, ton of shit planned. We had things like going. We had like stuff going on. So it kind of just put a wrench into a lot of stuff. So hopefully we can get back, uh, back, back going as other things are getting back and going. Yeah, so we'll uh, be back soon. America. So. I've so, talked yeah. to all the competitors. They're ready to come back, so we'll see. I think the first. I think I think the first match we'll do is either Charles versus No Lapels Reddit or Jake Madison versus You Schubert. That's gonna be the first one, and then I'm gonna be the second. So. Oh, all right. The one that doesn't get chosen is wasn't the I the wasn't I the last one? <laughs> Man, yeah, but we're gonna see. We're gonna see how it goes. It's either gonna get the losers bracket out of the way or the winners bracket. We'll, we'll uh. figure it out. But. Yeah, man. Solid, solid episode this week. Glad to be back talking movies. Yeah, man. It's good to have you back on. And we'll uh, be back with everyone next week for another episode of the Bros Who Binge podcast. Everyone stay safe out there. And as always, keep binging. Energy. I'm giving nothing my energy. My boy, Rebel Hennessy. Perk me up. Tardy. This shit gonna be French the smartest. Real ones can see where y'all is. We know, we know. We putting it out on the target. Look. Energy. I'm giving nothing my energy now. My ball rebel energy. Pack me up, torn. Shaking the French of the smartest. No one can see where your heart is. Yeah, we know, we know. We putting it out on the target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead too, bloody, huh? Red too, fuck it up. Touching me next, I'm coming up on the code of the game. I'll run it up. SQ, I'm doing nothing but SQ.